2: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
1: Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at Participating Restaurants 18 Plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Football on the
0: Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV.
2: Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big, it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to breaking down all of these gangs. Egan's too
0: dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force.
1: Game over.
0: Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on
2: Stars and the Stars app. back for Arfield, what a legs, Scott Arfield, he's been threatening that recently, and all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end,
1: oh what a goal, what a
2: goal from Robbie Blake, Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special, Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up makes the What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clariton Blue. Oh goodness me! What a goal from Patterson. If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality.
1: Still time for a winner, maybe. John Francis! They came to York in
0: their thousands. They're going over champions. I mean if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Goal! Michael Khan! On! On! Oh that's Come on! justice. That is justice! That they have Stadium. Burnley a level and deserve to be!
1: Hello everybody and welcome back to the latest instalment of the Turfcast podcast full-time show. It's been a while since I've done one of these. I know I said that at the start of the Coventry pre-game show, but it's been it has been been even longer since I've done one of these. I didn't bother doing one for the QPR game. I think I went straight to the pub. Um, And I think last time I've done one of these uh, against Blackburn. But I did that the day after because obviously, again, I went straight to the pub. Um, But as usual, we're joined by Sam from the Clarence Roundup. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Are you? Yeah, very, very good. After uh, coming back... To the show and with a win as well. And yeah, Garrett says, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Sam. Yeah, happy new happy year to new everybody. Year. It's the first time that I've done a live show uh, since the start of the new year. Um, I mean, what date are we actually on? Is it the 15th? Yeah, it's probably a bit late to be saying Happy New Year, isn't it? But I believe so. there you go, it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, thoughts on the game then, Sam, yesterday because not at our best again. Um, and I'll get into that, but first half I think Coventry would I think we can fair to say they were the better side. Um, they had two very 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 good chances where I just felt like just hit it. Just hit mm-hmm. it both, yeah, both times. Yeah. There was there was the lad who were there, number 45, who I'm not sure of his name. Apologies for any commentary fans watching. Um, He just took too long to hit it. Uh, and then Big Vic in the second half, and he went through mm. one-on-one. I can't who did the back pass to him. Uh, but he went through one-on-one. I'm like, well, it's definitely a goal. We, they keep yeah. telling us how good this guy is. It's definitely a goal. Um, but again, he just took too long to hit it. Um, and for all their endeavour, and for all their how good they were in the first half, they didn't have a shot on target, which I find very strange. That just goes to show how poor they are up front in terms of getting shots away. Because we've got a very good striker in Big Vic who causes a lot of problems with his movement and his running and his running out wide. But in front of goal, they weren't very good, were they? But um, that's my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Sam?
0: (laughs) Same as you, to be fair, mate. I mean, I thought, honestly, Girakesh is easily too good for the Championship. You can see it in the way he plays. He's a clever striker. He's got everything. He's got strength. He's got power, he's got pace, good technical ability. Um, but the thing is, when you come up against good teams, they find ways of of, of shutting down the best players. And uh, for me, this season, we look like the best team in the division, as well as Sheffield United. Like, you know, we had obviously a blip at the start of the season where we'd come on every week and say, it's going to click at some point. And I mean, we've clicked in abundance now. We look so can't good, we, so calm and and... And going forward, I mean, you know, dare I say, you almost get to a point where, like, you you sit down at the turf and you just go, ah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens today. Because it's kind of like, if you lose, you, you've won, like, yeah. 12 out of your last 13. So it's like, yeah. if you lose, you're just like, fair enough, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Seven in a row, 12 of the last 13. It's weird, though, because I... Obviously, the last few years going to the turf, it's been a case of, oh, how, how, what we're we going to get mm-hmm. beat by this week or something like that, yeah. or not really exciting. And now I sometimes sit there and I'm like, oh, I've got to go up turf in a bit. And my first thought is, oh, I've got to go up turf. And I remember like, oh, it's actually enjoyable now. It's yeah, enjoyable yeah. <laughs> to go. Then I remember like, oh, I'm going on turf. It's buzzing. Uh, but yeah, just going back to that, um, I keep calling him Big Vic. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, I've heard several different variations of it already. Uh, But Mjoric did very, very well, didn't he? Um, he, he, Obviously, he tried to go around Mjoric and he kind of did. But then Mjoric, you know, he, he crawled that like, like a super speedy baby or whatever uh, and kept the pressure up, as research says. Um, so he did very well with that. I want to chat about him as well because he's had a lot of stick, but it's another clean sheet yesterday. Um, and that's quite a few clean shits, uh, clean shits, <laughs> clean sheets now for Mjoric. Um, but it is he's done well he flapped a corner yesterday, but he was under a bit of pressure, and I didn't really think that any any issue with that. I thought he did very well again yesterday Murich and and he's another one. He's like a um, what's the word? Sort of like personifies how the team's done. A little Mm -hmm. bit shaky at the start, but not horrendous. And then now, just full of confidence and doing very, very well.
0: I just, I personally, I think he's a great goalkeeper. I have to admit, I think he's really good. I think um, the little blips at the start of the season they come like, and especially with a team that develops the way that we've developed, those things get ironed out, just like everybody else has. You know, obviously, everybody's partial to a mistake every now and then. I mean, Cullen has been one of our best players all season and that goal we conceded at Bournemouth was entirely his fault, but he'll know that. But the thing with Meric now is he looks like he commands his box, he looks like he commands his back four. And the fact that we have a goalkeeper, that can play out from the back the way he does. I mean, like, he's so good at it. Like, even just a little chip ball out to a fullback, it it skips two or three players and you're just so much further up the pitch. and, And it's a credit to him. He's got... He's got through the stage of having a bit of stick, and he's he's absolutely rode with it, and I think it's he, absolutely brilliant from him.
1: Yeah, it was class yesterday. Um, for the, I say, it's weird saying that when he didn't even have a save to make, but the, the things that he had to do, he did well. Uh, Mike Forrest says Murich is essential to how we play. His good attributes outweigh any negatives, and that's just obviously going on about what you're saying there, weren't it, Sam, about his passing and things like that. But I think I think the negatives now. Probably aren't as, as you know at the forefront anymore. There, there doesn't seem to be as many negatives, like you say. He's come on better with his area. Shot stopping's okay, it's not great, but it's okay. But I, I agree, it, it does. Uh, he is essential to the way we play. Um, I want to talk about obviously, we've, we've spoke about the game, but uh, just going on this comment here from Claret One, he says, First off, forgettable, more like it in the second half. We were slow in the second half, weren't we? we uh, sorry, in the first half to get going. Um and it, I do feel that Coventry played well. I feel like they 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 won the midfield battle, and that's why they were on top of the game. Which is strange because our midfield is probably one of the best in the league. Um, but yesterday in the first half, I thought we we struggled. They put us under pressure, and we and we cracked under that pressure. But it were not just that as well. I feel like sometimes maybe they got in the in their heads. I don't know, but sometimes there were situations where there were no pressure on the ball, and we were just giving the ball away. Um, so that was strange. But why do you think we were? So poor in the first half. I I I think it's something to do with the fact that we were missing Edward Bellis and we just had to adapt to sort of like a new style and and having Charlie Taylor at the back as well, who did well, but he's not as good on the ball as Edward Bellis, isn't it? There were quite a few long punts. I don't know why it's done that. Apologies. Could you Could can you still hear
2: me? I can still hear. It? It.
1: All right, um, I don't know why he's done that. Um, as long as you can still aim it, that's fine. Um, yes, but really. I, I, I just think it was uh, having to adapt to the to the to the new style of play. Uh, that's no, no, not the new style of play. The uh, the fact that Taylor Howard Bells was missing, and he's obviously a very very integral part of the team.
0: I think um, th- the main thing that I was saying before the game is that this isn't the same Coventry team that we beat at their place. Like when we beat them at their place, they are in an awful run of form. And it was almost like after the game with us, that's when they went on a bit of a tear and they started doing quite well. Yeah, this team that we played yesterday okay. is a much better version of of the team of of of, of Coventry. We saw a much better, more well rounded version of them. Um, obviously, having Girik because I, I I might be wrong, but I don't think Girikesh was in the starting lineup at the start of the season because I think he was injured for like the first couple of games. Obviously, Hamer, I know he was injured. Callum O'Hare has been injured. So a lot of their key players are out and they've had to adapt, obviously, as they've gone along. I, I'm trying to give as little credit to Coventry as possible just because of <laughs> how disgusting their fans were at the start of the game. Yeah. I don't really want to talk about it too much because I was really riled up yesterday and it took me a lot to stay off social media and talk about it. But I, I, that that is one of the worst showings i've seen from an an away set of fans in a long time and the football i mean you get what you get you know you you play stupid games get stupid prizes so we've took six points see you (laughs) later
1: But what's the saying these days? Fuck around, find out. That's exactly what happened exactly. to Coventry. But it, it, I find it weird because their fans on socials have been so fucking weird, all simply because we're short interest in Callum O'Hare. hair. But the soundest lads that I have on the podcast this season have been the Coventry lads. Yeah. i just found it weird, and I knew a Coventry fan at uni, and he, and he were dead sound as well. I just, I, I don't know if they just get giddy on social media, uh, and or it's just like the new younger lads because you know. 34. I'm so quite, old. I'm quite old now. So, <laughs> not if it's the new younger generation of Coventry fans that are all dicks. I don't get it, but um, it's weird. I find as a club, I don't have an issue with them. It's just this weird, fa- this weird little core of fans that they seem to have. It's weird, but booing the deceased fans is a disgrace. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm all for banter, um, but booing deceased fans is a disgrace. Some Coventry fans have said, "Oh, it were people coming up from the turnstiles who didn't know what were going on." It's never happened before. We had a minute silence before the Blackburn game. I can't remember what it was for, but even they managed to stay silent. You know what I mean? And they're the yeah, exactly. scum of the earth. Was, yeah, exactly. Supposedly. That's what we're told. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, it's never happened before. So I'm not buying that. It was obviously just a, a group of dicks, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, fair play. A lot of commentary fans on Twitter were saying, don't throw over the same brush. I find that disgusting. Yeah. We're sorry about that. So fair play to them. But um weren't just that as well, it was a warm down thing. Did you see the warm down thing yeah, when they were warming like the, down
0: and then they've got do you know an issue what with it? The thing with that is like, it's, what that is, it's a section of, of really salty fans yeah. that have come to an away game, watched a game, watched the team lose and they can't think of anything else to talk about other than, like, oh, uh, Oh, what? What? Uh, we didn't play very well. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, they ran in front of us at the end of the game. It's like get a grip, man. They do, we do a wall down in front of everybody, like, and yeah. nobody
1: else is ever bothered. Like, so yeah. it's, just, it's just, strange. just typical. It's just typical that they're the fan base to make an issue out of it, isn't it? But it is what yeah, it is. Exactly. Thank you for the six points. And like That's I said, I mean. got more. It's just it must just be a, a few. Like the younger generations, because, mm-hmm. like I said, the guys from Sky Blue Fans TV are probably the nicest, especially Miles. Even my dad were talking yeah. to me on Turf. I listened to your podcast, he's well funny that Miles, and he's really, really nice guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. It's all comedy fans are dicks, but um, yeah, apparently yeah. not. But um, yeah, it is what it is. Like you said, fuck around, found out. Thank you very much, exactly. Um, but um, I want to talk about quickly, we'll get back into the match as well. Obviously, the news this morning, as uh, someone did put in the uh, chat earlier, I think it was research, but I can't find it now. Um, Oberfemi looks to be pretty much deal done. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think Coventry, have, uh, sorry, Coventry, Swansea have come back to us with a sort of like, a, we want this, and we've gone, mm-hmm. yeah, all right, we'll just get that sorted and get that in there. There it is, I've just found the comment now, research. Anyway, it seems that like Oberfemi has one foot in the door. Alan Nixon this morning, who... Gets a lot of stick, but he's he's pretty spot on with most things. I think right, it's fair it? to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he said um, it's looking close. I think the rumors are it's around three million. That seems like a steal to me. I don't know why it's so cheap, um, yeah. but I think he's exactly what we need. A few Swansea fans have been saying, "Oh, his attitude's a bit stinky." Fair enough, you know. Mm. Uh, as was as well, so I, I kind of get that. Um, but it, it seems like his attitude's been stinky because he wants to play for Burnley, and his his head's been turned since we were chatting to him in the summer. He wanted to come here. Um, I, I I think that's just exactly what we need. I think Jay's been a little bit out of form recently since we've come back from the World Cup. Um, and yeah, I think I, I'd slot him if, if we sign him tomorrow, for example. I'd slot him straight in against West right Proc, in week, But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good signing, isn't
0: it? You know, the thing is, like, it's it's a really weird one when it when it comes to certain signings. Like, obviously, Swansea fans will have their opinion on Obafemi, especially after the fact that he's not featured much since he didn't get his move to Burnley, but. You've got to think sometimes a footballer's career is very short, and in the nicest possible way to Swansea, like they they have been a brilliant team in the past. You know they've won a they've won a League Cup. You know they used to play some really good stuff, and 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 to be fair, they're still one of the better teams. When we went away to their place, that was one of the better performances I've seen from an away team this season. But they can hold the ball very well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But do you want to sit? comfortably mid-table in the championship and have no sign of real progression or go to the team top of the league who I don't want to say it too much but like uh, uh, in effect of pissing the league a little bit like <laughs> do you want to go and join on that hype train sign for three million quid be 22 23 years old know that you're going to go in with two aging strikers and you're going to be this, the main person if you yeah. do well at Burnley who creates shit tons of chances and you can score 10, 15 goals in the latter end of the season, you're all going to come into the Premier League with with a right chip on your shoulder, thinking, do you know what? I made an absolutely unbelievable decision, and here we are. And on to Jay, of, of course, I do, I definitely think he's slowed down, but I, I feel like he's one of those players for us, just like Barnes, like bringing over Fabian takes a lot of the pressure away from them too. And I feel yeah. like they themselves deserve from Burnley fans the respect to just be able to just twilight years, enjoy knocking a few goals in. They've done so much for the club in general. Like they've been brilliant servants. I know football's a bit of a cutthroat business where, you know, you need goals and stuff, but bringing over Fame you know, just take away that pressure for them and let them enjoy the football when they get the chance. They're still very good players, both of them. And they'll still score goals, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... It's um, frustrating to see Jay drop. I just think he needs a bit of a rest, to be honest, maybe. Um, just a bit of a rest, and Femi will give him that chance. Um, but uh, Chris P makes a good point there. He says, "Tarky and Taylor did similar before moving to our club. Look how they turned out. Yeah, they, they were both fine. Um for us. Obviously, Brentford and Leeds fans will probably say something different about them both. But it is what it is. They needed to get the move, and they got the move, and they turned out to be brilliant for us. Uh, Taylor still is brilliant for us. So mm-hmm. I've got no issues with that. Um, There's another sign-in as well that was spoken about today by um, Fabrizio Romano, who seems to tweet about Burnley a lot these days. um, Says we've also had a counter-offer from... Yeah, he does proper love Burnley. (laughs) Also had a counter-offer from PSV for that sealed 19-year-old centre-off. Yeah, I've seen this. We put an offer in, apparently, PSV made a counter-offer because they want to get a deal done. So that sounds like, again, it's just pretty much just, just getting it over the line, isn't it? And, and agreeing mm-hmm. on a price. If both parties want to want to get a deal done, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a deal done. But I'll be honest, I don't know much about this guy, do you?
0: No, not really. But, you know, there's... There's a couple of academies in Europe that you you have to take a little bit of you you have to understand the quality that comes from them. PSV, Ajax, you know, teams like that they've they've brought some of the best players in world football through their academies. So it, yeah. it it must not be a slouch. And to be fair, I think the fee is like what a million quid. He's nineteen. Is is he? I think he's a Dutch international. Like you could take a punt on a on a young lad and and see how he gets on. If he's not good enough, keep doing his development with loan deals and. If he's really not good enough, try, just try and make, try and sell him on for more than you spent, which you probably will do. And I think it's a risk-free transfer, personally.
1: Yeah, especially if he's in the Dutch setup. You know, even if it don't work out for us, the chances are we're going to be able to get make like, some money on it. Uh, Research though, does say a thing is sealed. About the sealed deal, is PSV want Egan Riley for him as well? Um, mm-hmm. I doubt we'd let Egan Riley go, um, as he does says, which we won't agree to. So, mm-hmm. um, But maybe could offer him a loan. Egan Riley will get some nice experience, which we need. PSV might be happy with that. I guess we will see in time as well. Um, some of the loan players as well. Um, obviously, there's been rumours this week that Chelsea would accept a price for Matson at the end of the season. Uh, there's been a few people in the comments here saying uh, talking about signing Bayer Person think we won't sign Bayer says Alex, but Harry says seen on Twitter that we'll sign Bayer for six million at the end of the season. Um, it's 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 an unusual position to be in, isn't it because we don't normally have these many loans, and all the loans that have come in have been absolutely brilliant. Um, and we kind of want to sign them all now, but I think there's what five loans here, um, yeah. so it's it'll be it'll be difficult to buy all of them. Um, but I think I think if if there's chances there to buy Harewood Bellis, which I think we'll struggle to do, uh, get it done. Um, Bayer. I'd rather have Abel Ellis and Bayer, but again, Bayer's is very good. Obviously, so get that mm. one done. Matson as well get that done. Um, If Southampton go down and we go up, I think a Teller deal might be possible. But they've I, they've spent some money he's now, haven't they? He's they've spent it's some money now, haven't
0: they? What on um, Orsich? Honestly, yeah, Ositch, in, the, in and... the nicest possible
1: way, the nicest possible way. I hope he does rubbish. I hope he yeah, does that's him. absolutely. That's <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more, mate. I said that when they signed him. I'm like, I hope he gets relegated with them. And then we get <laughs> him a wave on the way past. Yeah, exactly. I just don't understand. I just don't... It's exactly the same position. We weren't even bottom of the league, I don't think, when we tried to sign him last year. I think it was still Newcastle. I'm not sure. Yeah, I exactly. I could be wrong. But I that, um, he decided but what to go to them and out, not us.
0: It, it, it was because Zagreb were like high in the table. And I think they were like second behind somebody. And they were like, listen, we need to keep you to try and win us the league. But it's like... Yeah don't Zagreb win the league like every year like I don't <laughs> so understand I don't know I think, I think
1: so
0: with or without Orsic you'd have probably won league but going on to loan signings I think the three that I think are the most realistic are Teller and and, and Bayer. you know Howard Bellis for me I, I'd, I'd throw everything at him but I think that there's there's going to be somebody who's able to throw more and that's just where I am with that Matson, you can just tell how much he loves Burnley you can just mm. see it like, I, I, you don't even expect to hear that anymore because, like, it seems like no one ever gives us a fighting chance in any situation. But I really do think that we have a really good opportunity to, to, to bring him in. I think he's a great left-back. He seems like a good personality to have. Teller's obviously a great player. And like you say, if Southampton go, we'll say Tarara as we go up and, and, and we'll take him off your hands. You didn't want him anyway. So my, my, my biggest thing with Teller is he's had his Premier League opportunities. And they thought that his development needed Championship football, but he's played Premier League football and he's proven to be pretty okay at that level. So I think in tellers said he's thinking, "Why would I come back to you? You thought this was best for me, and now I'm tearing it up." And you're like, "Oh, we want you back?" It's like, "No, yeah. I'm not gonna. Go, I'm gonna stay at Burnley." And on the Bayer situation, I, be- I believe that there's a five million pound or six million pound um, mandatory fee that we pay if we get if we get promoted. Um, which is like a release clause, which means that we can get him for cheaper. I'd just yeah. do it, and then if we don't get Howard Bellis, the amount of money we were willing to pump into that, you go and find another center half from somewhere, yeah. Fair enough.
1: I, th- I think getting Edward Bellis um, permanently might be a struggle because I think City think very highly of him. But Chris P and Harry both make a good point. If we go up, we could say to City, Look, we can offer him Premier League football now, it's going to be an extra year in his development, it's-, it's probably not going to start for you just yet. Maybe, maybe another loan would work for Howard Bellis.
0: I I I wouldn't say no. He's an unbelievable centre half. Like you know, to keep him around the club as long as possible would would be brilliant. But I do think the one thing, like the one thing that I've I've kind of wrapped my head around a little bit more recently is that we're not the club that we used to be. We're not going to see players staying for ten years. Like players like Zaruri Benson, the eyes are on them now. And it's not to say that you know they're going to leave instantly, like next year in the summer, but there is a possibility that in two years' time, Burnley get promoted, someone offers us 35 million quid for him. We see A, the money, and they see B. I mean, is linked to bloody Juventus. I mean, I know they're not <laughs> doing great at the minute, but I mean, getting linked that's to Juventus. In, it's, it's, it's mad, isn't it, really? And, yeah. and these players, like I said about Oberfemia, a footballer's career is very short. So if you see that opportunity, you either take it or you miss it sometimes. And yeah. these players could take it. So that's one thing that I would say to to, to Burnley fans now is, you know, it, it would not the same mould anymore we won't see players there for 10 years and it feel like a family game where like when Tarks left and Daesh left and all that it felt like it felt like your dad had left like yeah. it felt like a part of your family had gone so yeah. it, it, it won't feel like that as much but just enjoy these players while we've got them as well because we're playing some fantastic stuff and it's so enjoyable to be a Birmingham fan at the minute
1: yeah Completely agree. Uh, Glyn Wilson says, Afternoon Claret's fuming yesterday. My dad was on that board. So glad we won against such a poxy club. Yeah, Glyn couldn't agree more. We have already spoken about it though, uh, so we won't touch on it again too much. But if you do want to watch it again when the show's finished, feel free to just start again. You know how it works by now. And of course, there'll be a podcast going up as well. But just going back to yesterday, uh, obviously, we've spoken about the first half, spoken about the game in general. But second half, um, all right, the first five minutes of the second half weren't great. That's when um, Big Vic <laughs> um, should have scored that goal. Um, but thanks to Mjörnch's speedy crawling, keeping the pressure on, uh, he wasn't able to do it. Um, but Why do you think we were so much better in the second half than we were in the first half? I, I, I think we've got to give credit to Vincent Company once again. Mm. He's, he's, he's looked at the situation, he's looked at it tactically, gone, we need this. He brought Goodmanson on straight away, soon as the half obviously started, Gubbinson was there. And around what, five, 10 minutes later, uh, Teller was on there as well. Um I think, I, I think, I think Gubbinson solidified us a little bit and gave us an option. But Teller really, I know Gubbinson got a lot of praise on Twitter and, and rightly so. He was fantastic. But I think Teller was the main one because Teller, his pace just scared him. And then they sat mm-hmm. back. They were like, oh, we need, we need to sit back now um because Teller's on and he's incredibly fast. And then he's, and then we're just, pumping the ball up to him and getting the ball to him in the flanks and just he's getting on them. And then they're sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. And then that midfield battle that they were winning, there's not enough players in that midfield anymore because they've all sat back and then we're managing to get hold of the ball in the middle. That's why Brown knew were a lot better in the mm-hmm. second half. Yeah. And that's why Gunnarsson, I think, had a lot of joy in the second half as well. Um, but Company once again, he's made the right changes, hasn't he, in that second half? I think it just... I mean, th-
0: this season, obviously, if you're not a Burnley like, if you're not a Burnley fan, you don't see it all. But obviously, we watch it week in, week out. We, we, we just live and breathe the football club. And literally, from the start of the season where you had little niggles and little things that you could talk about, you know, like subs weren't made great. We weren't able yeah. to stay in games and stuff like that. This development of the team has followed through with Vincent Kompany. He's still a young manager. He still needs time to develop. And as the season's progressing, his development is incredible. Every single time, because like, sometimes I can't find a stream and sometimes I can't get down to turf. So I'm literally constantly refreshing Twitter, constantly ch- listening to Phil cam, listening to everything. Yeah. And all I see is like, oh, terrible first half, terrible first half. And I literally have the peace of mind now to sit in my chair, relax and think, company is going to get him in there and say, listen, lads, I'm not even going to be nice to you about it. You're playing shit, sort it out. And the players want to react to him. And every yeah. single time I've thought that second half performance is a million times better. And again, I'm flicking through Twitter and it's a lot more Johan berg Goodmanson comes close, Benson comes close, all this type of stuff that we weren't seeing in the first half. And it's a testament to, of course, his substitutes come on, change the game, change the dynamics, how how play plays different. Teller's pace is frightening, like you say, getting in behind. But not even just that, he, the th- main thing that I love about Teller is his press on a centre half, and then his press from that centre half to a fullback is yeah. immaculate. He's so fast, and he, he scares the life out of you, and and he creates so many errors between the back four and gets us winning the ball higher up the pitch. But I think I, I agree with you. To be fair, I would have to say that the main person that I'd give props to yesterday was Vincent Kompany. I think his ability to change a game, read a game, and and learn tactically how he wants his team to play after not playing well and to get the reaction out of the players is fantastic and we're so, so lucky to have a manager of his calibre. He's absolutely brilliant.
1: Yeah, completely agree, completely agree. Um I got a bit of stick on Twitter yesterday. It seems to be a common theme, to be honest, every week. (laughs) When you put yourself out there, it happens. Um, I am slightly concerned that we haven't played well for a while, apart from the Bournemouth game. In the league, we haven't played well for a while. And I know everybody will always say, and I've said it myself, it's a sign of a good team to win games when you're not playing well. Completely agree. These last three games, I think the team from earlier in the season would have probably got two points. Maybe lost yesterday and draws against Stoke and Swansea. But we've got nine points, and that's a very, very good sign. But it just feels like... Before it did, before sorry, as it did just before the Sheffield United game, because we were winning games but not playing that well, scraping wins, a couple of draws here and there, and then we got dicked by Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying West Brom are going to dick us, but West Brom are in fan form, playing well, and I'm just, I'm just not, I don't know, I'm just not overly confident. I normally would because not being that well, my side of it anyway. Agree, like a good a sign of a good team is winning games when you're not playing very well. But now, I think we need to start playing well again because we're coming up against a very good side against West Brom on Friday. Um, But yeah, that's just my thought. What are your thoughts about the current performance? Because like I said, we're not playing too well. We're still winning games.
0: I think um, I I agree with you. I think the majority of Burnley fans, you'd like to think, would agree with you from the perspective of... Obviously, I, I get where people are coming from. If you're still winning games, like, you know... Once you've got past that 90 minutes, all you've got is you know, bragging rights against the other team and the fact that you can yeah. say, oh, at least we still won. But obviously, when you're sat in the games and you're watching the games, of course, I, I I have to agree with you. I don't think performances have been absolutely up there with some of the best that we've seen. And we are about to come up against possibly our hardest test that we've had in a long time in a team that is on the exact same in the form guide as us in the last 10. They've, us and them have won nine. John Non lost one. And they, we have the exact same goal difference, the exact same amount of points. Um, the only difference is they've conceded less and we've scored more. But the the, the, the thing is, with, with our performance, and, and, and in fairness, I have to agree with what some people are saying, it is the sign of a good team. Like, if, yeah. you, if you can play pretty subpar, uh, they, they kept saying it in, in a lot of our games in, in the run up, you know. Um, can't remember exactly which game it was. Um, it might have even been the Swans again, to be fair. And the commentators at the end of the game said Burnley have managed to win, and they only got to second gear. And it, it, and it, it's true, yeah. you know, we don't have to be, play unbelievable sometimes because of the quality of players. I think one of the main reasons for me as to why we've not done as well, playing wise, is we have had a lot of the same lineup playing week in week out. Sometimes playing twice in a week, these players can sometimes get tired. So this is why. It, the chopping and changing the team, which comes at this point in the season, sometimes the system falters a little bit because if you put Barnes in instead of Rodriguez, it's a different dynamic of striker. Yeah. If you're if you putting Teller on the bench and starting Benson's area, you get a dynamic from them too. And then you bring Teller on and it changes again and everybody's got to adapt to a new way of playing. We're linked with a right winger from Genk who looks in, who looks like he's having a belt in season? We're bringing in this new centre half. We've brought in another centre half who looks like a great player. We're bringing in Obafemi. These we might be getting that Moroccan central midfielder as well. These are all players in areas of the pitch that alleviate pressure and give people enough time to recover. So let's say we play Westbourne, We play a starting eleven. We play great. We manage to scrape a win. And then in the next game you play. I don't know who we're playing. I'd check the fixtures, but let's let's say hypothetical playing Wigan. You you could go into that Wigan game and be like, okay, we'll give this new like this new lad his debut. We'll put Barnes in up front. This new winger, if he comes in, we'll play in right wing. We'll give Cork a rest and put the centre midfielder in, and you can chop and change stuff. And I I do think that it is probably a case of players are getting a bit tired, and it is a bit of you know where there's a lot of fixtures all at once.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you mentioned there Cork having a rest. Of course, he's got his um, enforced rest <laughs> now uh, from the yes. from the two two lots of bans for yellow cards, 10 yellow cards. That's another point about the West Brom game. We're going to be playing without Cork and without THB against mm-hmm. a very informed side. And the reason why I feel like we are so poor in the first half yesterday, because we had a new, like you just mentioned there, we had a new dynamic. We had to adapt to to, to being without Taylor Herald-Bellis. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to have to adapt to being without him and Cork as well at the same time. So think it's going to be a tough one but like you said we're in a position now where oh well if we lose we lose 16 points clear you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um so it is what it is I've seen a few questions coming in I won't get a chance to ask them all um but um Chris Pease put a couple in um did you see Bastards get smashed 4-0 to Rotherham yesterday of course I did I didn't watch it which I am because I saw it I saw it and I'm like who at Sky Sports has chosen Rotherham versus Blackburn (laughs) to put on TV and then Brentford versus Bra- uh, Brentford versus Bournemouth for the later one. I'm like, why am I paying for this? So but then it ended like, up being a very I, good
0: watch. I would have <laughs> loved to have seen Liverpool lose 3 0 to Brighton at half five. I'd have loved exactly. to have seen it. Yeah. But uh, and then you get, and then you get, <laughs> you've got to watch them fucking horrible people. But in fairness, watching them lose 4 0 was incredible. I, th- I feel like I picked a brilliant day to have off work,
1: <laughs> just so I could watch that.
0: And then, obviously, yeah. I didn't even—I don't even think I watched the Brentford Bournemouth game. I don't think I got to of Bournemouth.
1: No, obviously, I—I I, didn't—I didn't watch the—I didn't watch the Blackburn game. I saw it, and we were on TV downstairs. But I was getting ready to go to turf, and I'm like, "Yeah, ah, I'm not really ass It's Blackburn." But then I obviously I put it on, and I left. Come down, the are one goal down already. I'm like, "That's funny." um then i carried on getting dressed kept coming downstairs standing in the front room like that like proper dad watching it for about uh, nothing's happening <laughs> going back upstairs went back upstairs come back downstairs after after second half and it was two 0 i'm like oh that's funny i it checked i got all dick no that was so funny um another question from chris p thoughts on vegost um i am gobsmacked how he's got that move i do not know yes he's done okay at Besiktas, but it's the turkish league i'm sorry i've seen some of the goals that he scored the keeper should be doing better he had a good eight minutes at the World Cup. And I think I think that's what it is. I think Man United wanted Gakpo. They missed out on Gakpo. They've gone, right. As a Dutch manager who wants a Dutch player, who else can I have? I know. I'll have Gakpo's backup from the World Cup. I'll have Vegos. And it's just... I, I, he must have some agent, man. He must have some agent. Hopefully he does... Relatively okay there. I don't Ooh. want him to do too well because I don't particularly like the guy for being on his sour grapes and yeah. all, but I, I did not I didn't like the way he left. I'm sorry. I know people said he did that interview afterwards and it and it all it was all fine. He'd already burnt them bridges for me. And I feel mm. like the club sort of like said, Come on, and his agent said, Come on, it's gonna help. You need to do this, you might go back there. You never know. You need to try and repair these bridges. Um, but I just hope he does well enough for somebody to come in and say, right, we will give you 15 million quid. Cause then we made a profit on him and we've got rid of him. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts, mate? I was really,
0: really, really hoping you bring this up.
1: I, I've been wanting to get my two <laughs> pens in about this for so long.
0: Right. So my opinion on it is Man United are a really big club. So the opportunity to sign for him from his perspective is I have yeah, a long career. I yeah. got a long career left now. I'm at Bajitas and Man United, <laughs> I'm gonna go for it. Um the thing that that was annoying me throughout the situation was the whole thing, like everybody was talking about oh uh Bashik player. No, he's not, he's Burnley's player. Yeah, They're well. just yeah. terminating the loan. That's it, like it's got nothing to do with him. Um, the thing that I would say is, um, and me, me and my dad were talking about it in depth for so long the other day, right? So Veghorst is a very, very, very good footballer, he's an extremely good footballer. He's, he was the third highest goal scorer in the 2010s throughout the Bundesliga behind like Robert Lewandowski and somebody else, can't remember. Like he, he, He's clearly a very good player. He's been in the Dutch national team for God knows how long. He signs for Bajiktas even after scoring two goals in 20 games for Burnley. And he still gets a move to argue, okay, not a, an amazing club, but still gets to Bajiktas. That eight minutes in the World Cup proves how good he is. Because yeah. when you can work to his strengths... And when you can play to his strengths, he is a very good striker. And we obviously have sour grapes with him. If he played in our system now, everybody would love him because he yeah. would be absolutely un- overfaming all these other strikers. Brilliant, great. Valtvegos would be the best player to have in this current system because he's got good hold-up play. He's got good feet for a big man. And we don't put the ball in the box to his head. We play it into his feet. We square the ball back. That's how one of his goals came for us in Premier yeah. League. We squared it back. And He's a very good player. He doesn't deserve a Man United move, I will agree. But
1: yeah.
0: he definitely
1: deserves a good move. And if he does well, I would happily take him back. Happily. Yeah, it's one of them. I I have sour grapes to the way left. I do agree mm-hmm. in this system he would be fantastic. He would he would be yeah. so good. I mean, he was a bit of a car last year simply because you were just lumping the ball up to him mm. and he's one of them players that somehow gets shorter when he jumps. Um, yeah. But it's I do think he would have been very good in this. Even in the Premier League next year, I do think he'll work well in the system and I think that's part of why we're not letting him go just yet as well. And yeah, of course, United, 100%. I don't think, wanted, to, wanted to, to sign him permanently. Um, mm. But we've been live for around just under 40 minutes now, so we'll start wrapping up. But of course, I always like to do this. Um when it's working. There we go. I always like to do this. Let's have a look at the league table, shall we? I'll just get rid of Chris's comment. Let's have a look at that league table. I think last time we did this, Chris, uh, Chris, because of Chris's comment, uh Sam, <laughs> Um last time we did this, I think we were, we were top, because we've been top for a while now, obviously. Um, but we were like two points ahead of someone like QPR or... No, it will Blackman, weren't it? Like, oh, we yeah. we're above Blackman again. Yay. Now look yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah. 16 points clear of third, 17 points clear of Blackman, um, 18 points clear of West Brom, who we play obviously on Friday, and five points clear of Sheffield United in second. um. Sheffield United down, sorry Watford down. So from Watford, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, West Brom, and even further down. I can't be asked scrolling that far down. Um, even further down. There's so many teams that can just that can get in the playoffs. In fact, I'll, just, yeah. I'll go on. I'll have a look. I'll, these lesser teams, I'll have a look. Preston can still get in the playoffs. You know what I mean? The the mm-hmm. what? Not that many points away. I Can't be us working it out. Coventry. I think. I think any everybody from maybe Coventry. I still for what I saw in the first half yesterday, Coventry can get the playoffs if they make the right additions and mm-hmm. play like they did in the first off yesterday. And if they get a striker in, they'll do well. Like a good striker who can finish his, his tea because they, they couldn't yesterday. And mm-hmm. anyone from Hull down, I think, has got to be looking over the shoulder. Anyone yeah. from Coventry up, I think, could still get in the playoffs. But let's just have a look at that again. That is sensational, isn't it? 16 points. Like you said, what is it? 12 wins out of 13. Yeah. 7 wins in a row. Blackburn Rovers plummeting, as Mike Forrest says, which is always, good, him to him him. always good to see. It's always good to see. At that league table is, is artwork in it, as they say, hang it in the Louvre.
0: Well, you know, with are 20 points above seventh. Like, you, I, I know it's, it sounds premature and I, I hate doing it. I can't, but you know, we've we basically booked the playoffs already. We're basically there already. Like, you could almost, you know, sign a contract now and say, we, Burnley, will at least make the playoffs. Like, the fact that we are so far ahead of third just it just gives you so much such a nice feeling. Like you just like you walk around with your chest pumped out and no matter what anybody says to you, it's like, well, yeah, you know, Burley's up at leagues, fifteen, sixteen points yeah. to three third. Like, you know, I, I literally couldn't care less. We we you know, I, I agree there's a lot of teams that, you know,
1: can get higher in the league, but I I you know what, I don't care. Like, if we're top at league, I don't care. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, you say it's premature, but let's be honest. I, I, we're going up. Let's be fair. You can clip it, stick it out there, save it. <laughs> I, don't me. I don't care. We're going up. Um, I don't want to say it, yeah. I, I, Looking at that league table again, I'll just get it back up on my screen. I With the form that Blackburn are in at the minute, Right. so what are they? 17 points behind us. If we get to like 20 points, 25 points ahead of them, no, twenty. if we win on Friday and they lose, right? I genuinely believe if we lost every single game between now and the end of the season, they still wouldn't finish above us. That's how you sharp they are at the minute. The fact that you they can't. were second and third for so long is an embarrassment to this league. Everybody else in the league should be ashamed of themselves for not being well, above Blackburn Rovers. They are dreadful. Even the games that they win, they beat like Cardiff yeah, 1-0 and Rag exactly. 1-0 win. There's another game that were on telly. Blackburn, Cardiff. Yeah, why Why
0: oh Why was what was what on earth was that on telly, first of all? And why, first of all, did they have to watch their awful pitch with their terrible <laughs> fans in their awfully <laughs> disgusting stadium wearing that dirty, horrible, Horrible kit with Brett and Diaz looking disgusted up front because he's actually <laughs> shocking now like literally there's nothing positive about them they, they bought a league 20 odd years ago when it wasn't even cool to do so like they're yeah. just a weird club I've never liked them and I'm loving seeing them plummet while we just skyrocket up the table it's brilliant yeah it literally could just be a league of us and them because the rest of them they're just there but watching them every week lose and lose to shit teams is in... I love it. I
1: literally love it. Yeah, it's, it's been enjoyable, hasn't it? Especially losing to somebody like Rotherham, 4-0. Um, but it's been a pleasure, Sam. Someone earlier did ask for your at... I can't remember who it was. I think it was Garrett Chu. Um, but at the end of the show, I always give you a chance to let people know where they can find you and what your page is all about.
0: It's a Claret's roundup page on Twitter. Um, you know, I've, I've I was I've been taking a little bit of a break from social media a little bit. Not like not putting anything out, but just not as frequently as I normally yeah. do. But I talk Burnley all the time, and I like to have a I like to have a dialogue with people because I like I like the different opinions. You know, someone telling me I'm wrong and me telling them that I'm not and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, just come over and chat,
1: Claret's roundup page. Yeah, I love that. Come over and have a chat. That's all you ever say about it, just come. You should put it in your bio. Are you here? Yeah, in the chat? I literally do. Chat. I
0: just say, all I do is talk about Burma. That's it. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, brilliant, mate. Thanks for that. So, if you want to go and follow Sam and his page, that's where to do it. Go over and have a chat. If you have joined late, the numbers always go up later because you're on for longer and more people recognize the fact that you're live and stuff, which is fine. But of course, soon as we end this stream, you can watch it again from the beginning at your leisure. Pause, play, whatever. Uh, and of course, probably in about an hour or so maybe even later because I'm going to go out, to be honest, pretty much straight away. Uh, the podcast will be on um, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcast plays as well. So thanks, everybody, for watching. Garrett Chu has just said, followed. So there you go, get Sam. Back. you got a new follower. My guy. There you go. <laughs> and he says, thank you for the cast. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. Thank you, everybody, who's listened to the podcast. And, of course, thank you to Sam for coming on the show. And I will probably do a pre-game show for the West Brom game. If I can't get a West Brom fan, I'm sure Sam or, or Neil or someone will, will, will come on for me as well. So I'll, I'll definitely do one. But that'll be the next time you hear from me. But thanks for watching, and we will see you next time.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect.